Many organizations struggle when it comes to communicating and realizing their business strategies. Many workers don't even understand the strategies in their own company. Welcome to the North Star with William Ulrich. Find out where your organization stands, what you might be doing right, and where you can improve. Now, here's your host, William Ulrich. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, William Ulrich. You're listening to the North Star. Feel free to contact me by email, LinkedIn, or at my website, tacticalstrategygroup.com. Today, we'll be discussing dynamic strategy setting in a digital world with my guest, James Krillman of the UK-based Cardinal Management Consulting Organization, which we'll get into it a little more. He's got multiple affiliations, which we'll cover. Um, you can find links to my material referenced in our discussion today on the North Star Radio Show page of my website, tacticalstrategygroup.com. Uh, James has a number of publications, and we've got a link to, uh, to some of those. Uh, so we'll make sure uh, you can get those uh, after the show or, or now. Uh, let me uh, introduce James. James Krillman is director of UK-based Cardinal Management Consulting and Nigeria-based, and I'm going to work on this one, James, Stratocution. I worked on it before the show, but I've struggled with it. So Stratocution and associate director of Strategia Worldwide. He's a globally recognized thought leader in strategy management and originator of the Agile and Adaptive Balance Scorecard Framework and Methodology, which evolves a scorecard approach for the digital era. James provides guidance in digital era strategy management to organizations across the globe. He's been endorsed by Dr. David Norton and Professor Robert Kaplan, originators of the Norton Kaplan Strategy Map and the Balance Scorecard. James has authored 25 in-depth research-based management books with the most recent being Agile Strategy Management in the Digital Era. James may be reached at james.creelman, I'll spell that, uh, C-R-E-E-L-M-A-N, again, james.creelman at gmail.com, and he's also available on LinkedIn. So welcome to the show, James. Hey, thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. Um, so uh, is there anything in your background that I, I might have missed that you might want to add? add to the uh to the introduction no that's quite comprehensive i mean my background has been as a uh practitioner consultant and researcher um over the past what 30 years now okay um so my focus has been on strategy management in particular execution for the past three decades really excellent uh, so uh, Cardinal Management Consulting, which is um, a, one vehicle for your uh, work you do, what, mm-hmm. what exactly do they uh, deliver or provide? We're a kind of full-service strategy management firm from doing strategy formulation through execution using balance scorecard to learning and also strategic risk management. Uh, we work with a, a number of associates, so also do work in the strategic project management area as well. Okay, great. And uh, Strategia Worldwide, uh, what, what, what's that organization do? That's an interesting organization. I mean, they're essentially a risk management operation mm-hmm. and they work in various fields, um, energy, uh, <laughs> mining, manufacturing, uh, and also uh, security. 
They are the managing partner and founding partner is a guy called Sir Richard Sheriff, who in the UK was a four-star general and was previously deputy supreme commander of NATO. And he read some work that I did on risk management and he invited me to be an associate director. Oh, that's great. Um, so uh, do they provide, are, are they, how are they set up? Are they, um, uh, do they provide uh, service offerings or is there, there are other aspects of what they do? Well, yes, they, they work out within a number of areas like uh, energy, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And the way they're formatted is that they basically work through associates. Okay. So they've got quite a number of kind of leading experts from across the world uh, and advisors, including ex-cabinet ministers and kind of senior politicians uh, across the world. And they kind of focus on leveraging that network um, to to deliver um, services to organizations across the world. They do a lot of work in Africa and, and Asia, for instance. Oh, okay, great. And in fact, uh, I guess you did some work in Uganda recently. What what type of work was that? Well, that was a we did a we we developed the new five year strategic plan for the city of Kampala, uh, as well as developing the corporate balance scorecard and a suite of devolved scorecards at directorate level. We also did their change management strategy and communication strategy and did the financial aspect of their strategy because being a developing country, they do rely quite a lot on um, donor organizations. Mm-hmm. So developing that strategy was a big part of what we did. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I want to get into some basics before we jump into the, the full, uh, full discussion today. Uh, I wanted to get just your, your quick take on the definition of, of strategies to make sure we're all on the same page. That's a good question because there isn't a universal accepted definition. I mean, each consultant comes with different mm-hmm. um, definitions. You get various definitions within management teams. The two, the two aspects to it, which I like, one I got from some North American colleagues, Hubert St. Ange and Liam Fahey, and that is strategy is a set of assumptions that must be verified in execution. I think that's good because people forget that it is a set of assumptions. Mm-hmm. Developing a great plan doesn't mean, well, developing a great plan on paper doesn't mean it'll be a great plan execution. The, the second one is from Professor Rifkin from Harvard Business School, who says strategy is a set of choices that position a firm in an industry to deliver value over the longer term. Okay. And I like that because strategy is a set of choices. It's what you do and what you don't do. And being clear about that. And many organizations aren't. And it is about clearly positioning yourself. What is your value differentiator? And also over the longer term. So it makes sure it's not just short term focus, but looking at how to be sustainable in value delivery over the long term. 
I like that uh, because people do make choices in, in strategy for sure. Yeah. Uh, what, one thing that you see a lot written about is uh, the concept of smart objectives. They should be, uh, you know, specific and measurable and achievable and and realistic, of course, and then uh, time constrained. Is is that something that you would consider coming out of a strategy? Yeah, I mean that makes absolute sense. I mean, I've got you know that, but that's where I would look at it. The other thing I would say that is that objectives need to be well-defined mm-hmm. and they need to be understood in relation to other objectives mm-hmm. because of the interdependencies. It can be very tempting to just focus on one objective and give that responsibility to one person and forget that objectives work together. Mm, excellent point. Uh, and which, you know, Will will lead us into our our frame my framework question uh, because they do work together and and that's not always recognized. In fact, I think a lot of perspectives don't see that. But uh, you have worked with uh, some specific frameworks from uh, David Norton and, and Robert Kaplan. Can you give yes. us a little background there? Well, I've been working in, in with the, in the balance scorecard area and working with Kaplan and Norton since nineteen ninety three. That was a year after their first. Um, HBR article on the balance scorecard and I've worked with them over the years uh, sometimes full time uh, often virtually both in uh, a lot in the kind of research part of their of their work Um, and the framework's developed a lot over the years and it is still evolving Uh, but really, the balance scorecard is a strategy translation framework. It's a final part of planning, if you will. Um, and people get confused. They think the balance scorecard executes a strategy. It does not. It just gives you the framework for managing the strategy. Right. Assessing how, how well you're doing uh, against that strategy? Yes. Uh, now yeah. they they have a another framework called called the Norton Kaplan Strategy Map, which I believe uh, followed the uh, balance scorecard. Is that is that accurate? That's correct. I mean, now we talk about the balance scorecard system. That's the strategy map and the supporting balance scorecard of KPIs, targets, and initiatives. The strategy map is really the most powerful part, and that really evolved because the word objectives in the original framework. But Cap and Norton realized that some companies were pulling out those objectives and lay them out on a causal map. And that was, and, and, and that was quite powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that is the most important part of the framework. I, I've used it myself and found it uh, extremely useful and beneficial with organizations. Uh, one of the, uh, I think, powerful elements of it is the uh, interconnectedness or uh, that it that it demonstrates among uh, different objectives in an organization is is that uh, a fair statement? That that's absolutely right. And one thing that uh, I focused on on my latest book, and which I spend a lot of time working uh, talking to Dave Norton about this, and working with Kaplan Norton on developing this this thinking, um, was that especially with the data analytic capabilities we have in that right now, we're able to better understand how those relationships work. Um, So that's become quite powerful. So we can see what really influences that relationship 
which helps you, the organization, focus in on the specifics that deliver the greatest benefit. And that's only really happened over the past few years as the analytics has, has developed. It was something we kind of dreamed of for many years, but it was never really possible to do that well, but now it is. I think that's the biggest change right now in the Balanced Good God framework. I mean, as, as, as Nolan has said, which I agree with, it's really moving now into as much an analytics framework as it is an alignment framework mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, we're really starting to understand how objectives, KPIs, in projects, programs work together. What are the, what's really going on deep inside of all that that mm-hmm. delivers value? Yeah, I, I, one of the things I, I, I will move on for this, but uh, one of the uh, things I liked about the, 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 the strategy maps uh, were that uh, it, it, it looked at the whole and yes. it made sure, and, and, and it's nice the way you can lay them out, but it made sure that there was, um, uh, it, it represented the perspective that said, if you want to really get these things done to, you know, increase your revenue base, whatever your major objectives are, your high level ones, Here's all the other objectives that, that integrate and support with that. And uh, technology was an element of that, but it wasn't by any means the only element or, or certainly the overriding that's element. That's correct. Right? Um, so I, I do like that. So um, uh, one of the um, uh, points that I saw recently here is this, this statement of um, the notion of strategy being dead. Uh, what, what's some background on that? On that? Well, I wrote a... When I was reading about that, I, I wrote a blog on LinkedIn that was titled Strategy is Dead, Long Live Strategy. Mm. The point I was making is that we do need to finally move away from the industrial area notion of how we manage strategy, which is very linear. You build the plan, you execute as is over a period of time, then you go back and build another plan. Now, that worked fairly well in the kind of very state industrial age. But now that approach doesn't really work. So it needs to be much more holistic, much more agile, if you will, and managed in different ways. So you are doing regular reviews of the strategy and making any in-flight tweaks that are required and also better understanding that the world doesn't stand still after you've done your strategic plan. It moves forward and moves quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, your competitors in the market don't stand still until you do your next strategic plan exercise. So it's understanding there has to be constant learning, constant dialogue, if you will, between the external stakeholders and internal organizations and kind of making the change as necessary. Mm-hmm. The danger when people say a strategy is dead is that it's like, oh, we, we have to kind of react quickly and do what's needed. Now, the problem with that is it ends up being like firefighting and reacting without knowing the trends and what's going on can be very dangerous. And also you kind of lose track of what you're really trying to achieve. So we still need strategy over a kind of say three to five year period. It's like a North Star, if you will, that tells you we need to develop or enhance these capabilities. We need to move into these markets. We need to build these skills. 
uh, and having that as a focus, but being aware that there will be changes required as you move forward. Got it. Uh, we're just going to take a, a short break. You're listening to the North Star. I'm William Ulrich. We're discussing dynamic strategy setting in a digital world with my guest, James Krillman. We'll be right back after a short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking to enhance your business architecture skills? Become a certified business architect or align your team to a common approach. Check out Business Architecture Associates. Industry pioneers and co-founders Wendy Keen and William Ulrich have trained thousands of business professionals, turning beginners into practitioners and practitioners into experts. BAA offers in-house and public business architecture training for individuals and organizations with more than 20 courses to choose from, including the Business Architecture Bootcamp, popular mini-course series, and custom workshops. BAA can create a learning path for you and your organization. Why learn from the rest when you can learn from the best? Check out BAA's course offerings at businessarchitectureassociates.com. Are you having trouble articulating your strategic objectives? Not sure if your program investments are aligned to your strategic vision? Wondering why your six, seven, and eight-figure program investments seem to evaporate into thin air, even as your business teams are left to add more people, take on more risk, and take heat from unhappy customers? Tactical Strategy Group's William Ulrich can help ensure that your strategic objectives translate into sustainable, successful investments. For more information, visit our website at tacticalstrategygroup.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to the North Star. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to WMMulrich at TSGConsultingInc.com. That's WMMulrich at TSGConsultingInc.com. Now, back to the North Star. Here again is William Ulrich. Welcome back to the North Star. I'm William Ulrich. We're discussing dynamic strategy setting in a digital world with my guest, James Creelman. Uh, James, just before our break, we were talking about strategy being dead and some of the implications of that, and, and you were getting into some detail. But I was, I was also wondering, are there um, uh, practices or methods today uh, that are lending themselves towards the thinking of that, that people don't need a strategy, uh, specifically uh, I had a question around the, the concept of agile or, or scaled agile, what, what a lot of people call now safe. Um, have you seen that? Yeah, yes. I mean, I think, um, of course, the agile idea redeveloped with the, was it the agile manifesto, wasn't it, in software development? Uh, and it all makes perfectly sense. I think the term is one of those terms that is becoming ubiquitous. It's been used by many people in many ways. And there's a lot of confusion around it. Uh, when I think about agile in terms of strategy, 
what I think about is strategic learning. You know, freezing a strategy for a period of time, say three months, then unfreezing, doing a review, making any changes, and then freezing again. Because you can't just change strategy every day, mm-hmm. because that you know that, that would be chaos. Um, so that's how I would apply the idea agile to strategy. I mean, originally it was very much kind of really a kind of project management tool, and it's still used quite, of course, widely in in, in project management. Uh, and it does have its its place, especially when you're doing the projects that support the strategy. But in terms of how it applies to strategy, it's, it's, it's different in application than it is for kind of uh, uh, projects. So mm-hmm. to me, the term is about just understanding that strategy has to be more dynamic, has to be seen as needing tweaking and reviews on a regular basis. So you can fit it back to the to the original agile ideas, um, but it does not in any way mean that we don't do strategy. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've noticed with with agile is it somehow led the uh, and and these are these are business executives, not technology executives, but it, it seems to have led some business exec- executive to think they don't need a north star. Um, they don't need to know where they're going. And, and I don't know if you've noticed that or not. Yes, I've come across many examples of that. Uh, but I think that's uh, a, a really faulty way of thinking. Because then, what are you planning to do? I mean, all you're doing then is just responding to what's happening and responding straight away. And when you do that, you know, there's no real structure. And, and, and you can confuse the organization very, very quickly uh, and your suppliers and your customers. And also, as, as I said earlier, if you respond too quickly, you could be responding to noise or a something that happened that won't be borne out when you look at trends that need over a period of time. So the idea that you don't need a strategy is... I think deeply flawed and also deeply dangerous. Mm-hmm. So what are you seeing out there today in terms of how organizations are setting strategy? Sorry, could you repeat? Uh, yes. Uh, t- what are you seeing out there today in terms of uh, the practices that organizations are using to set strategy? I think yeah. that's a good question because I think organizations are still quite slow at this. They're still very much um, wrapped up with the conventional of linear approach. We are seeing a lot of different ways organizations are approaching strategy, rolling strategies that is happening. One of my clients right now that 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 that, that uh, like. Um, some are still doing detailed strategic plans. Some are doing much lighter strategic plans with more detail over the midterm. Um, so making it more kind of manageable. Uh, I am seeing frameworks develop that are starting to really look at strategy management 
holistically. Um, so that's formulation, execution, and learning. Some with strategic risk management is a part of it, which I fully endorse. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't think we can set strategy these days without understanding the risks inherent in, in that strategy. I think the pandemic showed that very clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I wrote a book on, on this about, what, eight years ago, I think. Okay. Um, so, you know, there are different approaches emerging and there will be because all uh, the consultants will be looking at developing their own takes on this and the academics will be doing their work in this. So there'll be one one uh, idea that's kind of universally accepted. But I think what I'm seeing is organizations who do, who are moving forward, starting to understand that the conventional approach is no longer fit for purpose. So look at they're looking at ways to make it a lot more dynamic, to make it a lot more of a dialogue between the external stakeholders and the internal organization to really make use of analytics to understand what uh, what's going on. So I, mean, I think that's something that, that we will see continue to evolve over, over the next few years. Okay. So, so you are seeing formalism out there. Is there enough formalism in, in the strategy work that's being done in your experience? What do you mean by formalism? Well, well, we talked about the this Norton Kaplan strategy map as one approach. Yeah. It's not the only approach. Uh, you know, what one one uh, portfolio owner who had you know a lot of the revenue stream for um, for funding technology investments uh, said, you know, I would have a, a, you know forty directors come at me with three hundred different quote unquote projects, none yes. of which, by the way, were um, I, I guess integrated or coordinated. Uh, you know that that's a lack of formalism, right? Yeah. So, so are you seeing that more organizations are getting more formal about strategy uh, in terms of, you know, having some yes. context around it? Yes, I, I, th- I think that many have for, for, for some time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that that I've seen with the kind of the balanced scorecard work is understanding the need to prioritize projects. And we have a, a formal methodology for, for doing that because you will have hundreds of project ideas. Mm-hmm. So how do you think, okay, which ones must we do? What must we do now? Uh, and how? what's the best sequence? Because you can't do them all at the same time mm-hmm. over, say, a three- to five-year period. So that's a, uh, an important part of the, of the kind of the approach that we take, is saying, okay, you've now built the plan. You've got your translation frame, the balance scorecard, now you've got to do the work. And then you're going to get a situation where everybody will come at you with their own favorite projects. So you've got to think, okay, what can we fund? What can we resource now? You know, what is the sequence we need to do and why? So that's happening a lot more. Mm-hmm. I still get requests from organizations saying that they still struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I think many organizations still do struggle with that quite badly. And, and that's something that, that kind of need, needs to be addressed. But it is getting better. It's, it's a lot better than it was, say, 10 years ago, for, for sure. Well, that's good to hear. Now, what are some of the, the um, either gaps that you see or, or challenges that you've observed uh, and, and weaknesses in, in terms of this area, strategy setting? 
Well, I think the 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 weaknesses are there's several that spring to mind. One we still see as very linear. One group builds a plan, mm-hmm. they hand it over to another group to build a plan. They've got different ideas, and it's set in stone for a while. Um, the other problem I see is that there's still a disconnect between strategy and the budget. Mm. And people get so wrapped up in meeting budget targets that that impacts some of the capability building projects that are required for the longer term strategy. I mean, that's something that kind of still needs to be resolved. There are organizations such as Beyond Budgeting that's been looking at that for quite a long time. But again, that's kind of slow moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, for my own interest, I think the fact that we are still very silo focused doesn't help. Right. And we've become very wrapped up in what do we need to do as, as a department? Where can we get the resources from? And we are in competition with other departments for, for those resources. So the focus becomes on the department and not the organization strategy. And that's a kind of long-standing problem. So, uh, yes, and, and um, you wrote a great piece on, uh, uh, and, and I think it was an extract out of one of your books, but it had to do with um, the fact that uh, you know, well over 100 years ago, Frederick Taylor put in, you know, a siloed mindset into our management thinking. And we still see that reflected today in, in much yes. of what we do, right? Yes. Uh, and it's, it's systemically integrated into our cultures at this point. Is that, is that Absolutely, what you yes. see? Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Yeah. From my perspective, the, the problem is we still are living working by the dictates provided by Taylor mm-hmm. without realizing it. It's so deeply ingrained that we do it automatically uh, and don't realize the damage it's causing because that's the way we've structured organizations working now for a hundred years. Right. And it's taught in management schools. It's taught to you when you're a junior manager and you carry on. Through, through your career. And even though, you know, organizations do a lot to try and get better work in between departments, uh, it kind of still struggles because they're not recognizing that really ingrained silo-based mindset and the management structures behind it. So, Without the realizing that and changing that, things don't really change that much. Right. And, and you see this both in strategy setting, where a, a, a strategy might be siloed when it shouldn't be, as well yeah. as in execution. Well, yes, because I, th- I think it was, uh, yeah, it was in Mintzburg. Mm-hmm. We talked about the problem with strategic planning was that it was built along Taylor principles. Mm-hmm. You know, you build a strategic planning. <coughs> excuse me, department, and they build the plan, mm-hmm. and then they hand it over to other departments to execute. 
Right. And then they wonder why why aren't they doing it properly? It's because they, they weren't involved. So they don't really understand what you're asking them to do. Right. And they've got different they've got different views. Um so you know, strategic planning as a kind of standalone function is purely kind of a tailor a tailor like approach. Mm-hmm. And some of the work that I've been doing is getting organizations to understand that they've got to be much more inclusive in strategic, the planning part, if you will, you know, and get the operational managers involved much earlier for buy-in and also to get their views uh, rather than then just give a strategy and say, go and do it. So, so there may be, so we're, we're talking about, you know, vertical siloing where, yep. you know, one business unit sets its strategy. We also have this concept, I think what you just described as horizontal siloing where you know we have the the strategy or the planning team is siloed they hand it off to another down you know downstream silo and so forth so you're you're kind of on a multi-siloed level sort of way of thinking is that is that right okay now in 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 the digital age right Mm. we we need to look at things much more holistically right if if we're or we're going to end up most of our systems reflect these same silos you've been talking about. So, yes. and that is a big issue. So in the digital age, this is, this needs to change even more. So is that right? Yes. 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 It, yes, it does. I mean, you know, the kind of the digital age basically means we kind of live in a world now that is kind of totally connected and we live in a world where we've got greater uh, use of technology and of analytics so we need, you know we're still behind what technology can do. I think it was Dr. Norton who said that because he started in in in, in IT field. Mm-hmm. He says organizations' uh, thinking and the way they do work is always fifteen years behind technology. <laughs> and we, That's you what know, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So. We can do amazing things now, but um, we haven't adapted our organizations or our thinking to, to, what, to, to, what, to, what, to what is possible. Uh, because, you know, we, we still think in our ingrained mindsets. And that will, cha- that will change over time mm. as kind of older people leave the workforce and young people come in, you know, their whole re- relationship with them, um, Technology is very different. And once they reach kind of, and they're starting to for the, for the first bunch, kind of managerial positions, then you'll see hopefully that kind of mindset start to change. But as we are now, the kind of organizations are still run by people my age. <laughs> right. You know, which means, you know, but when I started as a journalist uh, in 1982, I mean, I had a, uh, an electric typewriter. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> It had it actually had a one line memory. Uh, I couldn't believe such thing was possible. Yeah, I, I you know? remember those. Uh, so uh, yeah. we'll pick up on strategy execution after the break. You're listening to the North Star. I'm William Ulrich. We're discussing dynamic strategy setting in a digital world with my guest James Creelman. We'll be right back after a short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Your organization is spending seven, eight, or even nine figures annually on transformation programs, and you're questioning the bottom line business value. 
You were told not to worry. We've engaged the best system integrators, and they said all is well. Has your IT organization become a black box where money goes in, but nothing comes out? Tactical Strategy Group's William Ulrich has seen every side of this story, from upfront happy talk to painful post-mortems. Find out what's really going on. Visit tacticalstrategygroup.com and ask about TSG's Transformation Oversight Service. Are you having trouble articulating your strategic objectives? Not sure if your program investments are aligned to your strategic vision? Wondering why your six, seven, and eight-figure program investments seem to evaporate into thin air, even as your business teams are left to add more people, take on more risk, and take heat from unhappy customers? Tactical Strategy Group's William Ulrich can help ensure that your strategic objectives translate into sustainable, successful investments. For more information, visit our website at tacticalstrategygroup.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to the North Star. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to WMMulrich at TSGConsultingInc.com. That's WMMulrich at TSGConsultingInc.com. Now, back to the North Star. Here again is William Ulrich. Welcome back to the North Star. I'm William Ulrich. We're discussing dynamic strategy setting in a digital world with my guest, James Krillman. Uh, James, before break, we were talking about setting strategy, and I want to talk a little bit about the success organizations are having at, at actually executing their strategies. Uh, there's, there is a lot of research out there that says, um, you know, maybe not so well, they're, they're not executing so well. Can, can you expand on some of these? And I think you've done You've been involved maybe in some of this work. Yes. I mean, the, the statistics around success haven't moved that much in, since 1980. I mean, mm-hmm. There was a, an article in Fortune magazine in 1980 that says that 90% of strategies fail. You know, and the figures kind of vary from 70 to 80. It's still high. Of course, it depends what you mean by fail. Now, if you set a very aggressive strategy and achieve 70% of it, and your competitor has a much more passive strategy, if you will, and achieve 100% of it, then which one is the most successful? Probably the one that's aggressive. So we have to be very careful about what we mean by success or failure uh, and how we measure it. But organizations still typically struggle to execute well. Uh, and when I have been involved in, in my research work, a lot of uh, research into this, organizations do say their biggest challenge is not designing the strategy, it is the execution of the strategy. Mm-hmm. That's where they struggle. Because then it's about people. 
then it's about kind of the silos. You know, then it's about learning. Then it's about leadership. So that becomes, you know, I mean, someone said to me, you know, you can put a group of MBAs in a room for the afternoon and they'll write you a great strategy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you're going to do it. Right. And I, and I have seen it with organizations that I've worked with um, where I've gone in and they've got a strategy sitting on their shelf that's been there for about a year and I review it and say, well, it's a great strategy, but right now you just don't have the capabilities to do it. Mm-hmm. It looks great, but you can't do it. And, 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 and they agree. And that's a problem, I think, with a lot of people when they kind of develop strategies. Because what you're doing there is brainstorming. Then you're thinking, we'd like to do this, this, and this. The missing piece is always, to my view, yes, but can we, do we have the capabilities to do it? Right. Do you need to develop that first? So that changes kind of the dynamic of the thinking. Because, you know, writing a great plan is straightforward. Executing that plan is a lot more, a lot, a lot more challenging. I think it was Eisenhower who says, no plan ever survives first contact with the enemy. Right, right, exactly. And and I, I, in terms of, you know, having the ability to do it, and, and that's where I, I go back to, um, and I don't want to harp on this too long, but the Norton Kaplan strategy map, yeah. uh, I think part of the idea with that map is it, it it looks at the organization holistically so that it's saying, you know, if you want to do these things, you also have to do these things to support it or else you can't that's do right. these things, right? So that's that degree of integration. Um and you see the you mentioned the silos, so that that also undercuts execution as well. Um, and I don't know if it's by design or by you know or, or you know just happenstance, but um, uh, you know some of these scaled agile teams that I've seen formed form around the same silos, uh, the same yes. business unit silos, and the same uh, the same system related silos that that everything else is built around. And, yes. you know, it's like you're, you're now, you've built the planned execution of your strategy. You've, you've got silos systematically integrated into that thinking. Um, yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's right. That's why I kind of do harp on about that. I mean, uh, the damage in many areas we have through silo-based working is just, is massive. And it's kind of this massive elephant in the room that organizations don't really um challenge because they, they just don't see it mm-hmm. uh, and, and we see kind of issues with like employee engagement we see issues with strategy execution uh, we see all sorts of issues because people are trying to fix the wrong things mm-hmm. they think do this do that and this will happen but no right. because you know the elephant in the room is still there right you know and it's still going to trample. It's still going to trample you. And until you figure how to deal with that, it's a challenge. I mean, when I did the work in, in in Uganda, they had a massive issue with kind of silo-based working, uh, and not just internally but externally, being them a government organisation. So a big thing we focused on was building the processes to increase collaboration. And do that in a formal way. Now, they're now working on that, and it's going to be a challenge, you know, 
it's not going to be fixed quickly, but they're kind of starting to realize that this is a massive challenge. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the biggest problems they have. Uh, and, you know, so I try the organizations now to think, okay, look at what collab- what collaboration looks like between functions, between departments, what it looks like in terms of working with customers and suppliers. Because that also comes into the into the equation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's a problem that's not going to be fixed quickly. Uh, but, you know, with any problem, the first important step is to recognize that there's a problem. Right. You know, if you can see the elephant, you can start to do something about it. If you can't, then you won't do anything. Uh, um, uh, yeah, go ahead. And that is, I think, a kind of, to me, I think that, that is probably the biggest challenge that, that, that I see in organizations. I think whatever the approach they're taking, if they can really get that under control, and you know, that, that will never be easy because people do have specialist knowledge. You know, you are not, you are an IT person, a specialist in IT. You are a marketing person and a specialist in marketing. So your focus is going to be there. And rightly so, but but understanding how that works holistically in an organizational setting is a different challenge because people are, of course, rewarded and sat or promoted based largely on their functional capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting them to really kind of also focusing on what it means to work as part of a dynamic organization is a challenge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, and I would not say it's an easy challenge, but I said earlier, if it's visible, then you can start work on it. Right. Right. So another uh, issue you cited in your book, uh, one of your books was uh, that two thirds of employees are disengaged um, uh, in the work of their organization and don't really understand their strategy. Uh, yeah. is, is that another impediment to execution? Uh, absolutely. I mean, if you look at, I mean, Gallup's been, do, been doing an annual employee engagement survey for about the past, what, 15 years now. Uh, and the figures for the engagement haven't changed much. Mm-hmm. Despite billions getting poured in each year by organizations, they do these employee engagement kind of programs and nothing changes. And, you know, and that's, in, in my view, you know, I've written about this, is that that's because it's still focused through a, through a kind of siloed mindset. Uh, you kind of, can't you just play with it? You don't actually change it. And people still feel disengaged. You know, nobody goes into an organization wanting to be disengaged. Something happens. Right. And you've got to find out what is it that happens. And that's usually to do with leadership, uh, you know, the culture, um, and, you know, the kind of rivalries that go on within organizations, across departments. And until they start to focus on what the real problems are, you know, the, you know hundreds of billions in the U.S. alone each year spent on these programs. They rarely, they rarely make any impact. Mm. And you've got to ask why. 
And I, I don't want to see consultants asking why. I think because they're making so much money out of it, even right. if it don't work, um, <laughs> they're not really tackling the problem. Seems because, like they know, get paid anyway, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, you know, I spent my life working in consultancy in, in one way or another. You know, yeah, I mean... I, I know the mindset, right? Yeah, right. No, I, I understand it. I have followed in some of these strategic planning firms many times. Yeah. Uh, they they put that plan out and they leave. Yeah. And and that's the end of their their engagement. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, one thing I, I get really frustrated with when, when I work with consultancies, because uh, I do a lot of my work, my work working with other consultancies, mm-hmm. is that, you know, I will work with a client with them to build a plan and I'll say, look, yes, we're building the plan, but listen, they can't do this. Right. They haven't got the capabilities to do this. Right. So, well, th- that's not our job. So, well, you, that you, you just charge perhaps a million to do the plan, knowing full well that it's not going to work. Right. I find that deeply unethical. Yeah. It's like designing a car you know will not, will not function, will not drive. That's right. That's right. Um, so how well are organizations measuring their progress against strategies? That's a good question. I mean, I do quite a lot of work in measurement, uh, especially in workshops and training around the science of methodology, or at least the kind of mm-hmm. basics of management. measurement. And the problem with measurement uh, in an organization setting, at least at a strategy level, I mean, it's very different, kind of very specialized um, operation levels but when I review the work of a lot of departments that are doing the job of measuring strategy the problem I find is they just don't know how measures work mm-hmm. they don't understand the basics um, so they make, they're making decisions or recommendations based on what they think they are seeing but what that's not what it's actually saying mm-hmm. so I teach them to look at you know, what is actually saying, you know, and I do some very simple exercises with them on this to show how easy it is to make big mistakes. Uh, I remember doing a workshop a few years ago on measurement, and this young woman came up to me afterwards. And I said, I just want to say that's the most depression, depressing two days I've ever spent. <laughs> said, ah, okay, that's not a good feedback. <laughs> Why is that? says, because I learned in these two days that everything I've done over the past three years has been pointless. Mm. You know, which is, in some ways, very good feedback. Well, obviously, dispersion to her, because that's common. Right. They're going to work, doing, a very, doing their best, and because they're not taught properly, they end up making recommendations that are just faulty mm-hmm. you know so what piece of work i do is you no know, if you work in, in strategy you don't need to be an expert in measurement mm-hmm. you know you, you, you're not working on a nuclear submarine or something or working a nuclear plant right or precision engineering you know kpis mean that key performance indicator it's an indicator of performance mm-hmm. it's not an absolute measure of um performance i mean in a plane, airplane, there's lots and lots of measurement going on in real time for the engine, etc. You want that to be absolutely precise, precise. 
you don't want it to be an indicator. Mm, right. If it's an indicator, you're going to have planes falling out of the sky. Right, right. Right? So, so, right. so let me ask you what your, as we get into our last couple minutes here, what your advice would be then to uh, um, uh, executives as, as they look to set and, and execute on their strategy? Can you uh, put, give us a summary of that? I think there are s- several aspects to it. One, they need to start to really understand what being holistic in strategy means how the dialogue internally and internally and externally must change and how we can use analytics to better develop that. I would say you also need to really think about the problems of silo-based working. And that's easy. You can have objectives to to improve that. Um, Measurement is such a big, big focus in organizations. I'd say, look, do you teach people who are measuring performance, the basics of metrology. Mm-hmm. Do they know how measures work at the basic level? If not, you've got, you've got a big problem. Right. So That's, I think the, yeah. the main areas, and I'd also add that I think organizations have to now think about strategic risk. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and uh, they, they need to deal with, better engagement with employees and, and addressing the right. silo issues as well. That's right. Um, right. So um, I, I, I think keeping all those elements in mind are uh, uh, some, some excellent advice. Uh, and, and, you know, you probably go into organizations and, um, and, and provide a lot of these insights, but uh, you know, certainly if, if you're working on a strategy, you have to think about, you know, how it's going to be executed, how it's going to be measured. Is that, is that all a good, good summary of that? Yes. Okay, great. Yes. Um, and yeah, how you execute it, how you measure it, and how you learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you need to have a, a governor cycle to make sure you are learning right. from your strategy. Um, so I would recommend quarterly strategy reviews, which is about learning. Excellent. Cool. And making any short, any tweaks that might be required. Okay. Uh, my guest today has been James Creelman. Director of Cardinal Management Consulting. We've been discussing dynamic strategy setting in a digital world. You can contact James at james.creelman, C-R-E-E-L-M-A-N, at gmail.com and on LinkedIn. You can find links to material related to our discussion today, including a link to some of James' publications on the North Star Radio Show page of my website, tacticalstrategygroup.com. Thank you, James, for sharing your insights today. Yeah, thank you. It was, it was a pleasurable yeah. experience. Thank you. Uh, my guests next week will be Kelly Eckmeyer and Teresa Garcia-Holm. We'll be discussing business architecture, what HR and hiring managers really need to know. Uh, you've been listening to The North Star. I'm your host, William Ulrich. You can contact me by email, LinkedIn, or at my website. Thanks for joining me today, and I'll talk to you all next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to the North Star. Please join host William Ulrich for another edition of the program next Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll continue our discussion on strategy execution then. 